I'm legally blind. My vision is rated at about 2400, and it may actually be worse than that. I guess 2400 is as low as the scale goes. As such, when I use technology, I have to often do a lot to adapt it to my needs. I don't use a screen reader. A lot of low vision people do. I have enough vision that I can get by, mostly by just magnifying things and making the stuff I look at on screens as large as possible. This is becoming more challenging as our displays that we use with computers become more and more high definition. It seems counterintuitive on the surface, but if you've ever looked at the display settings on a computer, you'll note that turning the resolution down makes everything bigger. For most of my life as a computer user, I've always set the resolution either as low as it can possibly go or maybe one step above that. For the last six years, I'd been using a 5K iMac. I had the resolution there turned down as low as it would go. That iMac officially aged out this year as Apple said it would no longer issue operating system updates. And if I continued to use it, it would probably work fine for most things for a while. But for the work I do, it's kind of important to be able to run the latest versions of a lot of different kinds of software. A few months back, Apple had a clearance sale on some refurbished Mac Studios. I bought one. Due to things that are just going on in my physical health, I was slow to get the computer set up, and I finally did a few weeks ago. The Mac Studio is not an all-in-one like the iMac, so I had to buy an external display. The first display I bought is a Dell 27-inch. Don't recall the model number. It's not really important. And it's an okay monitor, but I found that I was getting eye fatigue faster than I had been with the iMac. The two displays were the same size, but there was a couple issues. One of them is that the Mac Studio's lowest resolution setting is actually higher than the lowest resolution setting of my iMac and any other Mac I had ever used. The other factor is just how most companies actually produce their monitors. Apple just does something different. And if you're like me and you have to look very closely at the display in order to use it, it's much more comfortable. There's a kind of graininess that starts to occur if you look really closely at a lot of other displays. Currently, Apple makes a couple of standalone displays. There's one called the Pro XDR, and it is extremely expensive. Uh, within the last year, they released a new one called the Studio Display, which is still way overpriced, but is, well... 
more affordable than the XDR. I went to our local Best Buy where they actually had one of these studio displays on the floor and I spent some time with it and realized that it was definitely closer to the experience of my iMac and it was much easier on my eyes. So a few days later I got the display, I set it up and it was definitely better than the Dell. But I was still struggling with eye fatigue. I was trying to understand what could I do to make this situation better. And I noticed while I was using the studio display that occasionally it would flicker in kind of an alarming way. It was very sporadic, not predictable. I started having my doubts about the whole thing and thinking I might want to send it back. So I contacted Apple. They told me to bring it in to the local store. I did the next day. And while I was talking to the guy, he said, well, if you want, we can check the display in and run some diagnostics on it, see if we can figure anything out. And I said, you know what? I'm almost at the end of the time period where I can send this thing back. Let me just take it home and think about it. After I got home, I started doing research and I was trying to understand what the resolutions are on Apple products. This information is surprisingly difficult to find. In fact, I would say it's damn near impossible. I stumbled onto a YouTube video that was actually not even about an Apple display. The YouTuber had connected their MacBook to an LG display and during the video, he showed how if you hold down the option key in the display settings, it can show a bunch of alternative resolutions that aren't the kind of stock resolutions that Apple recommends. And my mind exploded because I'd never seen this before. I put the studio display back up, connected my Mac Studio, and then discovered that this uh, hidden menu of resolutions doesn't exist on the Mac Studio. You can only go down as low as the possible uh, suggested setting is. Jen has a Mac Mini from late 2020 that is connected to an LG display. So I thought, well, can her Mac Mini uh, do this? Sure enough, it could. It had access to this extra set of resolutions, and one of them on there was uh, 720, which is lower than my Mac Studio could go. And then I was trying to figure out, well, is the resolution determined by the display or by the computer? And I did this back and forth where I swapped displays on the two machines and I discovered that the limitation is on the Mac Studio. It's not a limitation of the display. If I connected the Mini to the Studio display, I could actually get the Studio display to go down to that lower resolution. I also found out in my research there's an app called Resolutionist, I think. It's a third-party app. It allows you to create resolutions on Macs that aren't stock resolutions. 
it does this by sort of creating a, a, a fake uh, display adapter. And I, I don't know if this is the correct technical term, but it sort of interpolates the display. With that, I was able to get that lower resolution on the Mac Studio. But everything was kind of fuzzy. It wasn't really a great experience. In the midst of all this, I had looked at the new 24-inch iMac, and I really considered getting one of those because it did feel very comfortable looking at it in the store. The challenge here was I would have to return the studio display by the iMac and figure out something to do with the Mac Studio. In talking over this, Jen suggested why not just swap the computers we have? I thought about it, and it's a reasonable enough solution. I'll admit it kind of strikes my ego a little bit because I was really looking forward to using that higher-powered Mac Studio. It's newer and just has more going on under the hood. But the processing power of a computer is irrelevant if you can't actually use it. And that's kind of the state that I was in. I thought about, well, you know, I could sell this Mac Studio and uh, buy another Mini or, or buy the 24-inch iMac and still have some money left over. In reality, it's just easier to just do the easy thing. Today I spent most of my day swapping the Mac Studio for the Mac Mini. And for the most part, the job is done. As always with these things, it kind of takes a while to really get everything back to where you want it. Coincidentally, having uh, migrated computers twice in a few weeks has not been super enjoyable and I don't recommend it. I'm old school with this stuff. I've never really bothered with Apple's migration assistant, but I think the next time that I need to go to a new Mac, I am probably just going to let that process take care of it. Regardless, the Mini is working well. The studio display coincidentally hasn't done any of this weird flickering since I brought it back from the Apple store. Maybe uh, taking it back to its pseudo home uh, struck some fear into it. I don't know. If the flickering comes back, I can take it back to the Apple store while it's under warranty and they'll fix it or replace it. I did check online and I'm not the only one who's experienced this with the studio display. Some people found that just swapping the Thunderbolt cable was enough. I guess if I run into it again, maybe that's the first thing I'll try. But it is kind of tough to uh, give up on the Mac Studio. By the way, the Mac Studio's actual name is Chonky Boy. So I'm kind of sad to let go of Chonky Boy. But Chonky Boy will be okay with Jen. And I'm sure I'll be fine with the Mac Mini a.k.a. Mini Boy. I do feel a little bad for Chonky Boy, only because so much of his life now is going to be devoted to just keeping hundreds 
if not thousands of browser tabs open at one time. I tend to prefer a minimal browsing experience, but that is definitely not how Gen operates.